I just still have that image in my mind of sitting in the theater for the first time and seeing the the music playing and Scott and Sex Bomb starting to play and it zooms back and you're behind the couch where Young Neil and Knives are sitting and the lights are just electric above them playing and the grunge distorted guitar and bass are playing yes. and I'm just like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> Well, welcome everyone. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. This is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of two people who live in places oft forgotten by Hollywood. We keep up with the goings on in Hollywood, but remain very much grounded in Midwest America. And although we can't just up and move to LA, we can still share our love for movies with our friends and neighbors. That's right. We are big fans of movies. I would say we're big fans. Huge fans. Huge fans. Yeah. Huge fans. Gigantic, (laughs) massive fans. The biggest fans. Biggest fans. I don't want anyone. Yeah, I don't want anyone to to put us up against anyone else. I just it would be embarrassing for the other people. Yeah, it. We we just know more. We do. So, um, Olivia, I thought we'd before we jump into Scott Pilgrim, I thought Mm -hmm. we would just kind of share a little bit about our vision and motto and why we started this and what we hope uh, comes from this. So, you want to start us off with that real quick. Yeah, so this has been something that you and I have talked about for a year or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so for a long time, we've been throwing around this idea of, of doing a podcast, and it's because we share a love for movies. Uh, I think that's part of the reason that you and I have remained such good friends after college and really what bonded us in college, I think. Is that fair? I totally agree. We, uh, we, yeah. this is jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the reasons we're doing Scott Pilgrim is <laughs> it was the first good movie we watched together. The first actual movie we, we watched <laughs> together, we realized was um, Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is both of us had forgotten about that. Cause, and rightly so. Yeah, we had rightly so forgotten about seeing Suicide Squad together. Like, what a, almost, what a flick. Yeah, we saw that almost a year before we watched Scott Pilgrim together. Uh, I guess because we saw Suicide Squad together, we were like, maybe unconsciously like, mm, maybe we shouldn't watch movies together. It is insane. I mean, not even consciously, I think it was subconsciously. That movie <laughs> is just completely forgettable. And like, yeah, it's just, oh man, what a movie. We'll we'll do that later. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah. So go, anyway, going back, back, back to it. Yeah. So we we had talked about this for a little bit, and it's kind of crazy because I I had started writing about movies for fun, and I've been like just logging stuff like crazy in my letterbox the last year and a half or so, and we had been talking about doing something podcast related to movies, and we had we had the idea of starting starting a podcast from the perspective of p- people who live in southern states kind of midwestern states but mo- for the most part southern states and have that understanding and perspective and upbringing of bible belt culture and so our approach to this podcast and the movies that we'll be covering is not entirely academic but it's like it's just a weird hybrid of academia and personal taste and also referencing like the very important factors that influence these films from 
Hollywood and as they're produced. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you and I are both, I would argue, we intellectualize a lot of things uh, that might be a defense mechanism. I think it's just part of, of who we are. And so we tend to do that with movies. And it's, for me, it's enjoyable. We have conversations about like, what things represent, what things mean, all that kind of stuff uh, as far as movies are concerned. And yeah, I agree with you. That's that's kind of the heart of this, wanting to to talk about it from our perspective of growing up in Bible Belt culture and kind of the Southern Midwest hybrid culture that we live in. Uh, I think more people would consider Arkansas to be the South and depending on who you ask, may or may not consider Oklahoma to be the South may consider it to be more midwest oklahoma is in a weird spot in the country as far mm-hmm. as geographic geographically so anyway yeah, but yeah for sure so we're uh we're kicking off we we decided to do scott pilgrim as a series first mainly mm-hmm. because we wanted to start off with momentum and so it's it is a little bit of a test run but we have put a lot of thought into structuring the schedule and we're doing research and we're coming up with kind of interesting things to, to talk about it in a unique perspective. And it's also perfect because this August in a couple months will be the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World by Edgar, Edgar Wright, which is insane to think about because I just very vividly remember seeing the movie for the first time in theaters and we'll talk about that whenever we get to it. Yeah. Do we, uh, do we want to go ahead and dive in, talk about maybe what Scott Pilgrim is about, like the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it or it's been a while? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You want to kick us off there? Yeah. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world is about a 22 year old guy named Scott Pilgrim. He is dating this girl, but then has a dream about another girl and her name's Ramona and he becomes infatuated with her and he starts dating Ramona flowers and finds out that he has to defeat her seven evil exes in order to, to stay with her, to date her. So the story follows him as he tries to defeat her seven evil exes and he's in a band and that's part of the storyline as well. Uh, His band's trying to make it big and get a, it's kind of like the B plot line of this movie. He's trying to, they're trying to get a record deal with this guy named G-Man who, spoiler alert, he is the big, the big boss, the big boyfriend at the this end. The, real quick, this is, the, this is the only time that Jason Schwartzman is going to play the big bad in a movie. Yeah. If, if it happens again, I will, I will come back and eat my words on this podcast if we're still doing it. But it's just, it's been so funny <laughs> seeing him in other movies. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also probably the only time Michael Sarah is going to play the the, the, like, the, <laughs> like the hero, action the hero. action hero. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you have anything else to add to the summary? I yes. So that's that is yeah, what happens more. in the movie, and uh, it it's interesting because you know I saw this as a fifteen year old, and Olivia, you saw it whenever you were a twenty. Two year old. Two. Yeah. 22. And so, so you probably related a lot more to because all these, all the characters in the movie are in their 20s and it's right. geared toward 20s, 20 year olds and 30 year olds. Um, but as a 15 year old, I just saw like all the visual flair and all that. Mm-hmm. And it took me until probably around that time that you and I watched it, uh, our senior year of college. It took me until that time to realize 
this is this is a story of maturity it's a story of mm-hmm. about coming of age um and they're they're really awesome moments of genuine like forgiveness and like humility um and things that don't don't translate well to the movie itself from because this movie is based on a six series graphic mm-hmm. novel from this guy named Brian Leo Malley and just because the the movie moves so fast the you can't pack in all this like actually very very touching stuff in the comics um but you get glimpses of it which is really cool and that's why that's another reason why this movie is important to us and very very rewatchable beyond all the, the action scenes and all that so yeah, I I agree. I think that I think me watching it as a 22-year-old compared to, you know, your 15-year-old self watching it, it was sort of a coming of age movie that I think had I seen it at 15, I would not have classified it as as such, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this movie is cerebral obviously uh for those for those of you who haven't seen it, um Olivia's <laughs> description of it is accurate. It's it's an absurd story. This guy Scott Pilgrim is fighting these seven evil exes not ex-boyfriends exes that is very much emphasized throughout the movie (laughs) yes very very much it's just kind of beaten over your head um it's it's absurd it's visually presented as a comic book Mm -hmm. there are like text boxes on screen there's a narrator at different points uh who is bill Hader, uh which we didn't know until recently um stan bill Hader, he's a great guy (laughs) Buddy, <laughs> <All right>. buddy. <laughs> so, um, but then the other thing about this movie is that it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, like the writing's interesting. Edgar Wright directing it is interesting. The setting is interesting, um, which is it's just funny because at one point, someone, one of the evil exes, Todd Ingram, says he 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 craps on Toronto where they are, and he said this place is a dump, and Toronto is one of the the top like filming locations for for Hollywood in North America. Excuse me. Yeah, and, uh, I think so. It's just it's just interesting. There's so many different interesting aspects about this movie that we're gonna cover. Yeah, we we don't think it's boring, but the world at large might but who cares so who cares? Yeah, yeah we're not doing it for them right we're not we're not critiquing citizen kane here we're just we're just having right. a good time yeah so yeah um there are other scott pilgrim podcasts out there but it's the 10th anniversary we just wanted to do this we like this movie a lot so we're doing it yeah don't need to justify it any more than that really that's right yeah so <laughs> um Olivia, let's jump into this very first episode. Let's do it. And which is entirely about the first time we watched this movie. So we're going to cover basically anything. We've we've talked about it and prepared for this episode a lot. Um, But now we're going to... We're going to talk about it. I'm going to try to expunge all these memories from <laughs> 10 years ago, which is so weird. I'm a, I'm, we're 25 now, and I saw this movie 10 years ago for the first time, and it makes me feel kind of old. So we're going to, we're going to jump into it. So how old were you when this movie, when you saw this movie for the first time? For the first time I saw this movie, I was 22. Okay. I was 15, like mm-hmm. I said. Um, I saw it with... My older brother, Micah Sims, maybe future guest, we'll have to see. Um, he just randomly came up to me, or he came into my room. He was visiting from college. 
he said, Hey, I'm going to take you to see this movie. And I was like, what is it? And he said, it's called Scott Pilgrim vs. the world. I said, I don't know what that is. And he said, I think you'll like it. Come on. And it was awesome. Um, so I saw it with him. You saw it with me, our friends, Andrew and Emily mm-hmm. and some other friends in college. Yes. Um, in our room. Our, uh, yeah. Yeah. Apartment. It was at, it was at your apartment which was right behind the science building on campus. Yep. Um, and you and most of our friends were on the futon. Andrew and I were on the beanbag chairs that you guys had. So, so yeah, it felt like, now that I'm thinking about it, like in retrospect, it kind of felt exactly like what Scott Pilgrim and company would have <laughs> done while watching a movie. I feel like a lot of that, yes. And I feel like a lot of that, living arrangement i feel like they had bean bags at one point i'm not yeah. sure i'm not sure but like anyway maybe in the comics they did it was kind of the culmination of our college experience we were about to graduate yeah. and move on and grow up so it was it was a pretty cool cool time to watch it yes um, yeah so it's a great i remember that i remember you laughing really really hard i yes i laughed very hard multiple times throughout the movie i think Andrew was more focused on my reaction to things than mm-hmm. him actually watching the movie. Yeah. I, there were a couple of times where he was laughing absolutely at my reaction. Yeah. So. Andrew, Andrew had seen it before. I had introduced it to him at some point. I, I will have to go back and see if we can pin down um, when specifically he and I watched it together. Cause I know for sure that I, I made him watch it with me and he liked it a lot. Um, but <laughs> For that time, that time, or your first time watching it, mm-hmm. he had seen it three or four times at that point, and he was definitely just cracking up at at you <laughs> cracking up at it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, is this movie like required of you to like? Do you require your friends to watch this movie before you consider them to be lifelong friends? That's a really good question. Um, I think I think that's I think what you said specifically is accurate because, as you and I know, going into our twenties, mm-hmm. we're you, in college. You're around people all the time, yes. and you kind of take for granted that your friendships are in such close proximity. Down the sh- down the hall, even down the hall, down the street, and across campus, mm-hmm. and they're all there. Um, and grow part of growing up is like you you lose that proximity and then you lose that kind of we're all we're all doing our own thing but very close together right people move away and so friendship just becomes kind of just a lot more difficult to come by and so you kind of hold on to those those friendships closer and tighter and uh so to answer your question yes and no because like i don't talk about this movie with a lot of people because it is so zany and a lot of people that I do talk to about <laughs> and who ask me, who like go down that rabbit hole of asking me, what are your favorite movies or what's your favorite movie? I say, well, it's one of these. Yes, defeat seven evil exes. And they, I can just see them changing the radio station <laughs> to something else and looking for someone else to talk to. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting to like talk about this movie with someone to st- to determine like okay either you're gonna you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it there's it's either right up your alley or you don't even want to go down that street yeah which is a great way or great way to segue into this kind of next portion uh your so your dad 
try, mm-hmm. try what did what did your dad say about it because you tried to get him to watch it recently yeah well this was it was i don't remember when it was when i tried to get him to watch it i remember one night it was i was in grad school still and so i was working on homework or something like a paper and i went into the kitchen to get something and he was like live what should i watch because he was flipping through netflix and i said well you should watch scott pilgrim versus the world it's it's a really funny movie it's got michael Sarah in it anna kendrick because he loves anna kendrick oh that i didn't know that yeah he he's a big fan of pitch perfect olivia this is crazy but this is the first podcast either of us has recorded ever is that accurate unless you've done some podcasts that i don't know about uh, no, I, I've never done a podcast before. This is my very first one. You know, it was kind of intimidating wanting to do one and not knowing how to voice level and mm-hmm. edit and all that stuff. But Ready, Set Podcast, our producers have done an awesome job putting all this together. And one of the reasons that we decided to go with them was because they have prices to fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters, which is pretty cool. They make it super easy to create your own podcast and they can help you record, edit, and publish. Yeah, they are great and we we really appreciate them. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is readysetpodcast.xyz and you can find them on social media, Instagram, Twitter, that kind of thing. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's a big fan of Pitch Perfect. He, like, all of them. That, that is, that's, you didn't tell me that. That's blowing my mind. Uh, oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about that. Yeah, he, Terry Clement loves I feel like there's so Pitch much Perfect. that, I mean, not in every way, but Pitch Perfect and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World are, a lot of their best qualities are inside the same section of the Venn diagram. So yeah, I don't understand yeah. why he didn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting, you should psychoanalyze that a lot further I, as, yeah. a, as a uh, master in counseling. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> and then next time we'll re like next time we record, we'll, okay. we'll revisit that. Just so, have him, have him on the show. Yeah. I'll, I'll just bring him in here and we'll talk about it. But yeah, he, he turned it on. He took my suggestion and decided to watch it. And then I went back into the kitchen maybe 10, 15 minutes later because I forgotten something or for whatever reason. And he was watching something completely different. And I said, Dad, what happened to Scott Pilgrim? And he goes, nah, I didn't want to watch it. It, it, didn't, it didn't pique my interest. And I was like, okay. And so I was talking about it recently with him. And I was like, yeah, so what were your thoughts on it? And he goes, I don't know. I've never seen it. And I said, Dad, you started it and then you changed, you changed it after 10 minutes. And he goes, well, I guess it sucked then. I guess it sucked then. Which is... Yeah. A lot of people's, or not, yeah. I don't know. I feel like most people who watch this movie do like it. I um, think. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I think that he just didn't give it a fair chance, which is probably true of a lot of people. I think, um, you know, we're going to we're gonna have an entire episode dedicated to this movie bombed at the box office. It has pretty high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Um, it had a huge budget. Lots of weird, weird things going on behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. It has a huge cast, so a lot of that budget probably went to paying their contracts. But it's this movie has a cult following, so yes, it's yeah. not like it works very well, but it didn't succeed. Um, so I think I think the main reason people don't like this movie is because primarily I think it's whether or not you can suspend your disbelief and mm-hmm. just oh, okay, that's the kind of movie this is. 
it's the kind of movie where you're gonna transition really quickly you don't stop moving um people like it doesn't really breathe very well um which is i think one of its flaws but um it's very fast-paced the characters kind of have unrealistic expectations unrealistic unrealistic things happen like Ramona jumping through the air and pulling Scott with her. Like yes. they're in space towards this door the floating in the middle of space oh. highway. Exactly. So there's like all that stuff in there. If you can't do that, if you can't just hang up all those premonitions and enjoy the movie and enjoy this insane world, which is exactly what I needed to do as a 15 year old, because my life was so <laughs> mundane growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it was great, but it was just very boring. And I have had and have an active imagination and wanted to just experience things and like just I was just hungry for creativity and this movie was like acid for that desire so to speak never done acid (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and think about I mean Little Rock 10 years ago is very very much different than what it is today uh and not that I think that people outside of Arkansas are like yeah I want to go to Little Rock but it, it's very much different. I feel like they, a lot of things have been added to Little Rock to make it more, I guess, attractive. The same could be said about Oklahoma City. I mean, sure. lots of things have changed in Oklahoma City over the past 10 years mm-hmm. to make it more attractive. Yeah. So and Yeah, both in both cities have a lot of great things about it. Um, but we were just about to launch into a couple testimonies from people mm-hmm. that we know. Um, and so I'll start with we well we technically started already with your dad's gripping uh, Good old review, Terry. review of yeah. <laughs> of the movie. If it if I didn't watch it, it probably sucked. Um, but <laughs> these four these next four reviews are not um, of the similar sentiment. So my older brother, I recently asked him and told him we were doing this. I said, could you send me a couple sentences? And he sent me this: Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was a magical movie-going experience and perhaps the first film that resonated with me as a coming-of-age story in the digital world. A couple things. That digital world aspect is so true because this movie's influenced by video games, comic books, like I said. It's action movies. Um, There's all these subtle tropes, good cop, bad cop stuff that's put in there. Um, And my brother was 20. This was, if this was 2015, he was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, (laughs) he was about, he was engaged and about to be married. So he was 22. Two? He was 22. He's seven and a half years older than me. So he was 22 when he saw this. So this, this was pertinent to him in the same way that it was pertinent to you Mm -hmm. when you and I watched this together. Um, He said, I'm a sucker for frenetically paced movies. And this was no disappointment. Not only in action sequences, but in the onslaught of surprise animation, quippy dialogue, and impeccably timed jokes that barely allowed you time to laugh before peeling out toward the next. Michael Sarah played the everyman that most musicians and video game nerds could identify with, but cast in the epic tones of the hero's journey, quote unquote. The film has held up admir- admirably a decade later on rewatch and will likely be cemented as a post-pop period piece. He's such a good writer. I'm so jealous. It's very well worded. Alliterating right at the end. So, <laughs> hate him for it. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's just, it's cool. It's cool seeing that, that transition for him and thinking about it from his perspective. Cause he was about to get married and, um, and I was just like, there's these fight scenes going on and he, this guy's two timing with his girlfriend, which I've never known anyone to 
to do because I'm 15 years old and homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> and homeschooled. Very, very important factor. I feel like that one, for people who don't know either of us, I feel like that one piece of information will let people under, let, that's a peek into my life uh, very much so. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I was not homeschooled. I went to public school. Yeah. You knew, so. you knew what was up. Well, my mom did not want to deal with Thomas and me, my brother, for all hours of the day. I that think that sense. was that was mostly it. So it's probably best for for uh, y'all's relationship, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that it was it was good for our whole family dynamics. So mm-hmm. another one of our friends, Travis, watched that movie or watched this movie. Um, you wanna you wanna kind of read what he said? Yeah, Travis watched it in high school. Okay. Uh, and he said, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is an incredible blend of masterful cinematography, refreshing pop arcade design overlays, entrancing music integration, and original crowd-pleasing interactive humor based on navigating the struggles of various courtship processes and the friend zones for those left behind. All of that was one sentence. Ooh, yeah, let's take a breath Ugh, real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But I think that, that all of it is very true, and I agree with his sentiment um, and his feelings towards it. I think that he very well captured the, I think, maybe what Edgar Wright was going for. I think it's interesting that he said he mentioned the friend zones because that's not one of the things that most people remember from this movie, but I guess he might be identifying with uh, Kim Pine, who is played by... Allison Pill. Right. And she's uh, one of Scott's ex-girlfriends, but they dated in high school. Mm-hmm. And she has she has a moderately important role in the movie, but she's still definitely angry at Scott. And Scott is just oblivious, like a lot of guys are, to right. girls' feelings and oblivious to the fact that she's still upset with him and uh, he's dating other girls in front of her and all that stuff. So I feel like Travis might be... I don't know, but I might be identifying with her. So I'll have to it's check fine. That he's that. engaged. He's That's engaged. true. He's, he's happy. Fine. He's happy. Yeah, so. he's doing. He's thriving. He's he just graduated. He's doing great. Yeah, Proud that's of you, good. Travis. Good job, Travis. First shout out on Flyover Film Show because you Travis <laughs> Long in Dallas, Texas, of Conway, Arkansas. Another one of my friends, Eric, who you went to high school with. I did go to high school with Eric. Yeah, uh, I've known Eric for a while now. Good guy. He's a good guy. We might have him on the show as well. Um, He said, I saw Scott Pilgrim when it originally came out in theaters. It was unlike any other story I had seen. Ten years later, it's still one of my favorite movies ever. It's true. It's in his top four on Letterboxd. Um, He and I follow each other. He said, it's the the best and only romantic comic book action-packed musical comedy movie of all time. I watch it close to once every month and I've never gotten tired of it, which is a gripping testimony and very true. Yeah, that is a gripping testimony. Uh, also, I never thought about the fact that it really is the only romantic comic book action-packed musical comedy. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, no, it's it is true that that assessment's true. What Travis said about friend zones is true. Um, Andrew, my my best friend, said what was so fun about watching Scott Pilgrim the first time was the very unexpected jokes and physical humor, which is true, and that's one of the things I that we will talk about on this show is there's so many like Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin esque physical Mm -hmm. comedy. Like Edgar Wright gets that he gets Mm -hmm. how to direct his actors. Um, You see it in hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead and the world's end and some of his other movies. 
he knows how to direct actors to get this like like a quick turn of the head or a quick um like stopping in their tracks or something like that mm-hmm. and, and scott <laughs> jumping out of the window to avoid <laughs> his high school girlfriend which is like by far the funniest part of the movie he gets that and so andrew's spot on because so many funny things are said but more importantly so many funny things just happen organically so um he said he said it's a comedy that doesn't take itself too seriously and, and it doesn't devolve into stupid humor like other movies that we enjoy but also it 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 does take itself seriously which is refreshing so yeah yeah um well i think this is a good time to jump into our first time reactions so you want to you want to hit that first olivia yeah i'll go first uh so when i watched this movie like i like we've talked about before i was 22 we were a couple days away from graduating from college uh, so it was a this it was about to start a transitional f- phase in my life, and as I watched the movie, some of the th- the very first thing that stuck out to me was the opening credit scene, which is what we talked about kind of at the beginning, and it, it kind of opens with it opens with a band playing Scott and his band playing, and Knives and Young Neil are sitting on the couch, and s- you see the room and you start to like kind of zoom out of the room and the walls are stretching out yeah and then it transitions into the cast and at this point it was 2017 pretty much everyone in this cast has gone on to do Mm -hmm. great things and things that like i i love uh and so i think the entire time someone's like every time someone's name popped up i was like this person's in this movie and this person and this person he's which, in this which is not an experience that i had had because like i said you knew you knew all these people pitch perfect hadn't happened whenever right uh scott pilgrim came out and so i was just like okay there's a lot of people in it let's keep watching and i think i recognize did i i think it was before captain america too i, th- I think it was right before captain america so i was like i'd seen chris evans in, as human torch but not yeah right uh, like, and michael Sarah and arrest development and that was it I think so. Right. Cause parks and rec hadn't happened. So mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza wasn't uh, really doing anything like wasn't as famous at that point. Brie Larson wasn't really on anyone's radar mm-hmm. as far as like 15 year old people are concerned. Teenagers are concerned. Yeah. Um, so I knew who I probably would have recognized Allison pill because she was in this movie called confessions of a teenage drama queen, which had Lindsay Lohan and Megan Fox in it. Nice. But yeah, anyway, so I was just like, holy crap, all these people are in this movie. That's incredible. This is going to be a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then it was also, I think, the first movie at the time that I remember having kind of that comic book feel to it, uh, much in the same vein as like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It, it, had, it had the text boxes, which I noticed, and it had the like words, any sort of like, um, onomatopoeia going mm-hmm. on and then it would do the co- like another thing i noticed the first time i watched it was the comic book flashbacks and because mm-hmm. i i think which was I knew- taken right from the right. scott pilgrim comics which is cool right and i th- i think i knew that it was based on the comic book series or graphic novel series before uh but i didn't realize like how similar it was to the actual graphic novel 
Mm -hmm. uh, until I I read the graphic novels not that long ago. Yeah. Um, And the humor, the humor was right up, right up my alley. I think I would have, I would have appreciated it as a 15 year old had I watched it when it came out, Mm -hmm. but 22 year old live and current live really just appreciates it. It's Uh, yeah. I was just as, as far as the humor goes, I would, I would quote the, I'm in lesbians with you to all of my, like I'd go up to my guy friends and just grab mm-hmm. them on the shoulders and be like really sincere and just say, I'm in lesbians with you. And just, just to, <laughs> because a lot of my friends were a lot more conservative mm-hmm. uh, than I was. And they just go, what? And like, get all, <laughs> get all uh, defensive. And I'd be like, relax, come on. And so, yeah, it was just, it was fun. I- <laughs> I'm in lesbians with you. I really, really mean it. I really, really mean it. Yeah. The, um, go ahead. Everything that you said was very, like, just very much what I remembered. I remembered the opening scene um, was just electric. Um, mm-hmm. How I remember Scott jumping out the window. The, <laughs> the actually at one point I watched this movie with my dad. This wasn't not the first time. Uh, the first time was just Micah and I, but at one point I watched the movie with my dad and he died laughing at the, like the only times that he laughed hysterically was when Aubrey Plaza's character who hates Scott is right. giving him coffee and she's dropping the F bomb and they keep bleeping it out, but they're doing it in a really funny way. Like this, like kind of yeah. glitching computer noise. And there's a uh, black box that, that co- covers goes her, over her mouth, her mouth every time she says it. So funny. It's so, and he goes, and he goes, how are you doing that with your mouth? <laughs> and it's just, it's one of the few, there are some meta jokes, but I think that is the most predominant joke. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, it was like that scene was created just for Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was perfect. It was, she just nailed it. It was great. And then later Brie Larson's character does it as well. Yeah to Ari Plaza's character, which is really good. Uh, We we are definitely going to, in one of our episodes, or upcoming episodes on this series, we are going to cover, draw this very detailed, complex um, word history of where each character was, what they were about to go do, all that stuff for anyone who's interested in that. Um, Some other first-time details for me that were big, I bought one of metrics albums because of the scene with envy and Todd, who's played by Brandon Ruth and Scott realizes that his ex is dating one of Ramona's exes. And there's going to be this new dynamic of just insane awkwardness between them. And which I think is the best scene of the movie where they are all sitting on the couch. They're invited backstage and it's just horribly awkward. It's so awkward. And knives is completely unaware or no or she she's aware but she is acting like a high schooler and right asking envy about all this stuff and then ends up alluding to the fact that she dated scott too and it's just and then she gets the highlights punched out of her hair and it's so funny and so ridiculous um so (laughs) one of the yeah that that band metric i I don't know if they're still making anything but i bought one of their albums because of it it's really good one of the funniest see- like lines from that scene is when when knives gets she like it all clicks for her like she she knew going into the like to the back room that Scott had dated Envy and 
she, it clicks for her. She goes, oh my gosh, I've kept, kissed the lips that have kissed yours. And then she and, just turns and to Brandon and Ruth and turn. nods. Yep. <laughs> and they just all turn at her like, how dare you yep. speak this right now? Yeah. It's so um, funny. That's when then, she, that's when she turns yeah. to Todd and nods and he just stands up and smacks her <laughs> in the mouth, which is so funny because like, I, we need to, we need to keep it moving. But like, yes. I feel like Brandon Ruth should have been like him and Jason Schwartzman's roles. I think they should have been switched because he's like so bad. Like he's such a bad dude. He's like the worst ex. Like he hits a girl. And that's that's and he doesn't care. Yeah. He has he no he's like, like I don't care. I'm a rock star. And it's so I'm, like I'm not afraid to hit a girl. He's so good in that movie. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. He's so good. Um for me the real world fantasy aspect was funny. I kinda like wish that my entire life was like I just wish there were quippy things happening and that this movie my life was edited <laughs> like this movie. So it would be a lot more entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, I the fantasy, like the whole plot line was really just ridiculous, but it, it was so good. It mm-hmm. it was really funny, and it was a good kind of a, like, at least for me, and I, I feel like maybe this is also the case for you, uh, it was a good escape of like from what was going on, mm-hmm. you know, a, yeah. an escape from the pressures of, okay, graduation's coming up, life is about to change, but this, I'm just going to kind of... Sp- suspend all of that concern so i can watch this movie and it was it was a good it's like chicken noodle soup that's like one of my favorite ways to describe movies like if it's chicken noodle soup then it's just you can just have it no matter Mm -hmm. what you're feeling especially if you're feeling kind of down it's such a great Mm -hmm. movie to watch so yeah yeah i agree yeah um and we've talked about this before um but the pace of the movie was really quick too Mm -hmm. yeah pace is great yeah Olivia, it's been awesome talking to you about our first time watching Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Thanks for tuning in. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's been really good. I've had a good time. What are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we're going to talk whenever, about... Or whenever the next one comes. Who knows when it'll come. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. It's Anyway, the next episode will be about the reception of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh what, like how, how it did poorly at the box office, what else was going on in 2010 what Edgar Wright was doing and moving on to um, and just kind of what 2010 looked like in general. It'd be interesting to see if we can find some stuff like from our own lives that we could like, Oh, this, this also happened in my life in 2010. I think that would be interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that would be fun to talk about that as well. Some memorabilia we could tweet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or share. Share. Yeah. Yes. Looking forward to it. Well, to our listeners, if you've made it this far, um, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening. Share with your friends if you know someone who loves Scott Pilgrim and is kind of in need of some new content related to the movie 10 years later. Um, If we get some reviews in the next week or so, we'll read them on the show, I guess. So, All right. Sounds awesome. This is Isaac signing off from Arkansas. This is Olivia, signing off from Oklahoma. This has been Flyover Film Show. Peace out, Girl Scout. Peace out, Girl Scouts.